Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise this morning. We greet you today in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Love to the family. Thank God for his love that we can share with one another. Come on, if you know God's been good to you, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Amen. We're grateful and thankful for God allowing our moments to roll on just a little while longer and for his grace and his mercy that we have experienced. I'm grateful for traveling grace over this past week. I was in South Carolina lecturing and then was in St. Louis, Missouri. And I got to tell you, I was so glad to get out of St. Louis. I was thankful, had a great, great time, a really fruitful time of ministry. But uh, when the temperature got down to 18 degrees, I said, it's time to go. Yeah, it's time to go. And when somebody suggested that it wasn't cold, I said, oh, Lord. They said, well, it's going to get down to four on Monday. I said, well, I'll be gone on Monday. I'll be gone. But we're grateful and thankful to all of you who are watching via the World Wide Web. Thank you for allowing us into your space to inform your head, inspire your heart, and encourage your spirit to be all that God wants you to be. Remember, you're not watching to make me a big preacher or to make Good Hope a big church. We're here to help you become the biggest and best Christian that you can possibly be. So I want to encourage you to like us, love us, share us with family members and friends and let them know there's never been a better time for hope. Rooted and grounded, make some noise. We are excited. Today is the kickoff for our winter 2024 session. And uh, we have right at 40 life groups that are kicking off on today. Thank God for that. Amen. Uh, We have four off-site campuses. Uh, We're expanding our reach and we're thankful and grateful to the Lord uh, for that. Uh, Remember, the key to doing anything meaningful in life is not just how you start, but how do you continue? Uh, Do you have consistency? A lot of people can jump out there and do something one time And then sit back and feel good about it. But do you continue to walk the path that God has laid out for you? We have our kickoff today right after the 10 o'clock service. I leaned over to Reverend Bell and said, I don't know if it was the weather or the kickoff that caused some folk to stay in this morning. But uh, we may have to do a kickoff after the 8 o'clock service as well moving forward just to make sure that we give everybody an opportunity to experience all that God has for them. Uh, Remember, we're doing Rooted and Purpose Driven Life. Those of you who have not done Rooted, we ask you to do Rooted first. That lays the foundation for your discipleship journey as you engage in our discipleship culture. And so uh, we ask you to do Rooted first and then go into purpose-driven life, and we'll continue to add layers, (coughs) excuse me, layers as we continue to move forward in the Lord. Uh, We've got a great testimony today. Uh, One of our young adults um, has shared their testimony, and I think it's going to bless you today. So let's hear from our sister, her rooted and grounded testimony. anger, hate, despair, revenge. 2019 
was a year of brokenness for me. I was going through a divorce. I was becoming a single mother. And I was just trying to find my place in the world. I needed a new church and somewhere to get involved. My best friend invited me to Good Hope. And so we came. We enjoyed the service, but what really got me was whenever pastor said, rooted and grounded, make some noise. And the crowd kind of, you know, got excited. That piqued my interest. I was like, okay, what is rooted and grounded? So I found out that rooted and grounded was a life group. I was familiar with life groups. I have done it for my prior church and I wanted to get involved signed up for it and I had the pleasure of having Ms. Paula Fortune as my group leader. She was wonderful. We came to a week in the rooted and grounded section where we had we were dealing with our strongholds. And it's so funny because I thought that I was done with everything that I dealt with with my divorce. I thought I had healed from it. I thought I had moved on. However, when we were talking about the strongholds, I was crying through the lesson, which made me realize apparently I'm not done. I'm not as healed as I thought that I was. Because of rooted and grounded, I was able to make that connection. So I decided that I was going to leave all the hate, the anger, revenge, frustration, bitterness, rather, in 2023. And moving forward in 2024, that I I choose forgiveness. With forgiveness, there's freedom. And so I deserve to have forgiveness. I deserve to be free. So my recommendation is that If you are looking to be free and move forward with life so God can bless you, be a part of Rooted and Grounded. The only way that I could be free is with forgiveness. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? Man, we thank uh, Danielle for sharing her testimony, for being transparent and vulnerable with us. And the truth of the matter is, The overwhelming majority of people in this world walk around pretending to be much better than they actually are. And many times we don't even know how bad off we are until we actually get some help to identify what the real issue is. I'm thinking about, for example, uh, going to the doctor. You may just feel like you have a ache or pain that's lingering and you might have a terminal disease but you never would have known if you didn't go to the doctor and get it looked at and diagnosed. And it's always better to know. And when I say that, I'm referring to where you are and even more importantly, where God wants you to be because you've got to know where you're starting from in order to get to where God ultimately wants you to be. And so I'm grateful and thankful for that testimony. That's one of many testimonies that people have. And if you have a testimony that you want to share, make sure you contact uh, Sister Whitley and let her know, or Sister Toya Coleman, uh, and let them know that you have a testimony that you'd like to share, because we want to hear what God is doing in your life. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. We pray now 
that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight and that it will bring glory and honor to you. May you be glorified and may your people be edified. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mark Twain said the two greatest days in a person's life is when they are born and when they discover why they are born. I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that many of us know when we were born, but we don't know why we were born. And so let me ask you a question. What is the greatest statement that you think can be said of a child of God? Uh, What would you want as a child of God written on your tombstone? What would you want your epitaph to be? Uh, Most people struggle with three basic questions in life. The first is an identity question. Who am I? The second is a question of importance. Do I matter? And the third is a question of impact. Where is my place in life to make a difference? Uh, I don't think there's anything in life greater that can be said about a believer than to hear someone say, and maybe more importantly, to hear God say, you have fulfilled my purpose for your life. When we talk about getting to the end of the journey and hearing God say, well done, uh, that, that well done is really a proclamation from heaven that you and I have fulfilled our purpose on earth. Uh, Proverbs nineteen twenty one says, many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Now, here's the unfortunate truth. The unfortunate truth is it is easy to get distracted. It is easy to forget what is most important in life. And can I tell you something that I've learned firsthand? When you discover what God's purpose is for your life, if you're not careful, the devil will distract you. The devil will dissuade you. The devil will put a detour in front of you that will cause you to drift away from what God has for you to do. But I've learned that living on purpose and living in purpose is the only way to really live. Uh, Everything else is just existing. And, And you don't even realize you're only existing until you really start living in your purpose. So today, for a few moments, uh, we're going to begin our purpose-driven life winter session church-wide around this thought, how to live God's purpose in your life. How to live God's purpose in your life. Today, I want to uh, present to you uh, what I would call a topical expositional message Um, I want to take a portion of a scripture and share it with you. It's not one that is typically highlighted. It's not one that is talked about a lot. As a matter of fact, it's really presented 
as almost a uh, connective to a greater truth. But I believe this lesser truth can encourage us today in terms of our walk with God and finding our purpose in God. Our text is Acts 13, 36. And the text reads, for David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. Now, this text is part of a bigger pericope that is highlighting and celebrating the, cele- the, the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us, that, that once and for all sacrifice that the Lord has made for us that gives us an opportunity to know him as Savior and as Lord, but almost as a a connector, uh, he shows us that, for example, the person of David who lived life on purpose, uh, his sacrifice is not as great as that that was made by Jesus. And I think all of us would agree the ultimate sacrifice that has been made for you and for me is the sacrifice that Jesus made. But I believe David has a lesson to teach us. Because the text says, after he served the purpose of God in his own generation, he fell asleep. Now, y'all listen, all of us are going to fall asleep and not wake up on this side at one time or another. Um, I was just talking to somebody and they were telling me about somebody who had passed away. And I thought about a friend of mine who said people are dying every day who never died before. Right. Uh, we, we have people who are young. We have people who are old. And typically when somebody dies, we say, man, what was wrong? Were they sick? No, they were just born. Because if you were born, you now qualify to die. Uh, but David, I believe, has some lessons to teach us about living God's purpose in your life. Here's the first thing. Number one, you must decide to be a person who will be used by God. If you're watching, if you don't have an outline, go to our website, go to our app, and you can download the outline and fill in the blank and send it to yourself and go with us on this journey. You must decide to be a person who will be used by God. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. David served God's purpose concerning himself. Um, That idea of serving in this context speaks to uh, ministering or or being in service uh, to or for somebody else, a person or a purpose. And the Bible says that David was a person who served and the record shows that he, unlike many people, served God, it appears, his entire life. Uh, From being a shepherd boy taking care of his father's flock uh, to hearing the boastful, braggadocious Goliath challenged the armies of Israel and talk about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to him going out to do battle with that giant Goliath, uh, him being 
exiled and outlawed by King Saul only to come back some 13 years after he was anointed king to be appointed king of Israel and walk in that appointment that God had for him. Uh, The Bible says over and over again, even though he had obstacles, even though he had opposition, even though he had problems in his family, the Bible says that David walked with God. Watch this. Even though he sinned and fell short of the glory of God in his dealings with Bathsheba, the Bible says that God, according to Acts 13, still saw David as a man after his own heart because David was not sinless, but he was at least repentant of the sin he committed. And the Bible says over and over again, he was used by God. Can I tell you why I find encouragement here? Because when I look at the life of David, I recognize that, that while my heart can be right, sometimes my hands don't do right. Sometimes my feet don't do right, right? Sometimes I go some places I may not should go and do some things that I shouldn't do. And God knows I think some things I shouldn't think. Don't act like I'm the only one, y'all. But, but the Bible says that, that I can still be used by God because what you see in the Bible is a record of imperfect people who decided to make themselves available to be used by a perfect God. But they had to make a decision to be used by God. There's somebody who's here right now. There's somebody who's watching right now. You've got to be conscious and deliberate and intentional in deciding that you want to be used by God. See, you have the same opportunity to be used by God that David had, but you have the same opportunity that everybody who's been created has to be used by God. So regardless of what you've done in and with your life prior to this moment, regardless of the mistakes that you've made in your past, regardless of the fact that your latest past mistake may have been last night, God says you can still turn the corner right now and you can make up in your mind that you are going to be used by God. Despite your advancements and your disappointments, despite whether you think you have little enterprises or little achievements, God still wants to use you. Don't look at somebody else and say, oh, well, Pastor, I I know I could be used if I had their gifts, if I had their talents. God says, no, let me use you with the gifts and talents that you have. See, you may think your life is trivial and uneventful, but your life is a subject matter that's talked about in eternity. Angels discuss what's going to happen in your life because they are literally watching to see if you are going to be the man or the woman that God has called you to be. And while the Bible cannot record it, heaven can record whether or not you become a man or woman after God's own heart. Sometimes we fall into this comparison game. And when we start comparing, we say, well, I can't do because, you know, they can't do. That's why one of my favorite Bible characters is the man Shamgar in Judges 3.31. I I love Shamgar. 
The reason I love Shamgar, the Bible doesn't talk about him much. His name is only mentioned in two places. But the reason I love Shamgar is because when you look at Judges chapter 3, the Bible lays out these judges and, and, and the tremendous feats that they perform, the tremendous victories that they accomplish. Uh, Othniel, the text says, slew 10,000. Yehu, the Bible says, killed the king of Mesopotamia. Major accomplishments. And then the text says, and Shamgar killed 600 with an ox goat. Now, y'all, you can't compare 600 to 10,000. You, you can't compare 600 Philistines to a king. But the text says, and he also delivered Israel. And I believe that God has somebody under the sound of my voice right now that needs to hear this message. You need to make a decision to be used by God to let God have his way in your life. Galatians 1.10 says, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. You got to decide who you're going to live for and who you're going to please with your life. Here's the second thing. Number two, you must live to fulfill God's purpose in your life. You must live to fulfill God's purpose in your life. The text says, for David, after he had served the purpose of God, not his purpose, not his desire, but the purpose of God in his life. That word purpose speaks to advice, counsel, or will. When we talk about the purpose of God, it's what God wants. It's what God wills. It's what God desires. And the Bible says David served the purpose of God in his generation. Psalm 33 verse 11, the NIV says, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. God has a purpose for everyone in every generation. See, it's easy for you to look up here and you say, Pastor, I I hear what you're saying. God has a purpose for your life. And that's easy for you to say because you know what God wants you to do. And I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, you need to learn what God wants you to do and what his purpose is for your life. See, I've had people say to me, they said, see, you, you're lucky, Pastor. And I said, why do you say I'm lucky? He said, because you know what, you, what God wants you to do. And I'm saying to you, I had to discover what God's purpose was for my life. And can I tell you something? Even though I was in the position I'm in, different times, I still wasn't walking in my purpose. Not fully, not, 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 not full blown, not, not, not fully laid out. I, I had a portion of my purpose, but, but here's what I had to learn 
My purpose is not tied to a position. Right? I can be in a position and still not be walking in my purpose. So just because I was a pastor, that position did not necessarily manifest itself in my purpose. You asked me today, and I feel like I'm living my best life because I feel like I'm walking in my purpose like never before. And I want you to walk in your purpose. See, God is looking for those who are fully committed to him, who are committed to living out his purpose in their life. God wants to maximize every step you make in your life. Look at 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Underline that, fully committed to him. What a fool you have been. From now on, you will be at war. Every step you make, God says, I want you to walk in your purpose. And and can I tell you something about walking in purpose, y'all? The steps are so much more pleasant and pleasing when you know you're walking in your purpose. When you're walking in your purpose, it's as if God is saying, now, now come on, you just, you just and, and, and there's a sense of joy and fulfillment and peace because you know you're where God wants you to be. And when you are where God wants you to be and you're doing what God has called you to do, there is no greater joy in life. 1 Corinthians 9, beginning at verse 25, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. (laughs) Yeah. Paul says, I'm not just going through the motions, y'all. Paul says, I'm not just playing church. Paul says, I'm not just pretending to be something that I'm not in order to impress people that I don't know and many of whom I don't even like. Paul said, I'm not shadow boxing. He said, no, I'm in this thing and I am moving with, running with, walking with purpose. You have to make a choice to live to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you must impact the people God allows you to touch. You must impact the people God allows you to touch. If you are going to walk in your purpose, you've got to be who God created you to be. Many of us have, many of us want to do, but the question is, will you be who God wants you to be. Um, The text says, for David, after he has served the purpose of God, there it is, in his own generation. In his own generation. That word generation, by implication, refers to an age, uh, a time, 
uh, it can refer to a period of time or persons that you will come in contact with during a specified time. Each of us has been given an allotment of time. We've been given time to live this earth, live on this earth. And the question is, what will you do with the time God has blessed you with? Now, let me give you a little hint. If God was through using you, he would have taken you home. Because he doesn't need to leave you here if you are done and have completed everything that God wants you to do. And it's not just what God wants you to become, but it's also who God wants to use you to help other people become. Right? So it's not just about you. It's about now God saying, now, how are you going to bless somebody else? How are you going to encourage somebody else? How are you going to help somebody else? How are you going to live and move through this world and take advantage of the opportunities that I give you to impact those you come in contact with to the glory of God and for the good of others? God wants to use your ability, your your knowledge, your sagacity. He wants to use your uh, personal influence. He wants to use all that he's blessed you with to serve the purpose of God in this generation. So it's not by accident that God has left you here. Now the question is, will you prepare yourself to be used by God and to walk in your purpose? We walk in our purpose, listen carefully, for the glory of God, for our growth and our good. But we also walk in the purpose of God for his glory, but for the growth and good of others as well. You've heard me say often, uh, we have a choice. We can add value to people or we can take value away from people. Do do we help other people walk in their purpose or do we uh, cause them to shy away from or run from their purpose? And, And here's what I've learned. Impacting your generation can be done in different ways, but impacting your generation is always rooted in obedience to God and a love for others. Am I willing to obey God? And am I willing to love others? See, love will move you to help people, help people who need Jesus to know Jesus. Love will help you to move people who know Jesus to help them grow in Jesus. What, what, what is God's purpose for your life? You, you are to fulfill God's purpose for your life right now in this present age. Past generations and future generations can serve, but they cannot serve God's purpose for this generation. God has you here now for a reason. That's why when the Jews were about to be killed and Esther was on the throne, she's in the palace, and she had obviously worked hard to get in the palace and get into the 
good gracious of the king and, and become queen. And, and, and the Bible says, verse 14, Esther chapter 4, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. I need everybody in here to recognize you are a, for such a time as this, child of God. For such a time as this, for your family. For such a time as this, for your friends. For such a time as this, for your coworkers. For such a time as this, for your relatives. For such a time as this, for your associates. For such a time as this, for your neighbors. You, you've got to walk in your purpose because you are here for such a time as this. Those of you who remember the old church and the old church songs, <clears throat> they used to sing a song, a charge to keep I have, a God to glorify, a never dying soul to save and fit it for the sky. To serve this present age, my calling to fulfill. Oh, may it all my powers engage to do my master's will. Each of us, God is giving an opportunity to walk in his purpose for our lives. Each one of you, if I ask you the question, could probably identify somebody. Not biblical. If you thought about it, that you would say, I, I think that person's walking in their purpose. And the truth of the matter is, um, when you're young, I think you're, you're so busy trying to establish yourself and get stuff and establishes, you know, that you don't even think about your purpose. I don't know. I'll just say for me, it was only after I got older that I realized none of that stuff really mattered. And, And the real fulfillment and the real joy in life would come when I discovered and walked in my purpose. And now, knowing that I have more days behind me than in front of me. I'm just trying to the best of my ability to walk every day of my life in the purpose of God for my life. Because like was said of David, I would love for my tombstone to say he served the purpose of God in his own generation. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. And I pray now that everything that we have done and said has been pleasing in your sight. I pray, God, that someone listening today would understand that they have the power to discover and walk in their purpose for life and living. 
And I pray, God, that they would know that there's no greater joy, no greater freedom, that there's, there's no stress. Uh, it brings clarity to life and living when you identify and walk in your purpose. You cannot be dissuaded or discouraged once you know what your purpose is. And I pray, God, that as we kick off this purpose-driven life session, as we engage in the seven rhythms, as we encourage one another and pray for one another and love one another, that people will discover their purpose and walk in it. We thank you and where our prayers fall short, we ask you to make up the difference. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.